la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. to action action on the bfop network my name is john this is action action with me as always is james hey oh i'm here dustin hey i got a lot of energy this week everybody's got lots (laughs) of energy we're gonna get into our movie cop shop soon but before we do that um before i even ask you guys what we watched this week i want to say a big shout out to a new patreon let's what's what's his uh screen name thor lie yeah, I don't, know if, I don't know if I'm sure this is his real name, but we'll, we'll go with Thor. I'm not saying it's his Christian name, but it's what he goes by on the internet. Thor Lie. His Viking name. Is it? I'm sorry. <laughs> Thor Lie might be the his. It's his slave name that was given to him by the Christians when they <laughs> wow when they took over. Starting up strong. <laughs> Getting right into it here. Yeah, uh, so thank you. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Thor. Uh, tell your family and friends yeah. to join as well. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you sick fuck. <laughs> just go sign your mom up on our Patreon, and I'm sure she's never going to notice. Yeah, it's just a small monthly bill. She won't notice. But thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, I mean, it really means a lot to us. It it makes it feel like we're doing something for something, a reason, like people actually like it and care. Uh, like listening instead of just like hoping for our I mean I I think there's a faction that must be just hoping for our downfall (laughs) oh I'm sure it's like every day they're out there wakes up lights a candle they're just like that we die how have these guys done this for four years (laughs) I think they wake up and they're like why have these guys why yeah (laughs) it's true that's that's none of your business and I'll thank you to stay out of our personal affairs (laughs) Um, yeah so before we get into our movie this week we should do our uh, seek or destroy, sink or swim, sink or swim, whatever the fuck we call it. Indeed, James, what do you got? All right, well, I actually watched some shows this week. Oh, TV? Yeah, I watched uh, Only Murders in the Building. Oh, you did? You started? Yep. Oh, cool. I watched it all. We watched the whole. I finished yeah. it as well. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear you guys' takes. Um, my take is uh, I liked it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I really like that, actually. Uh, Why do I feel like you're lying? <laughs> yeah, there was this weird pause there. Well, <laughs> well I was going to be like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Just to see the reaction. I yeah. feel like if you had to say meh, I'd be like, oh, okay. But like, actually, it wasn't your uh, cup of tea. No, I, I I really liked it, actually. It, it's just something different. And uh, 
Yeah, it's fun. And Martin Short, I can't believe how good he still is. Yeah, he's so good. Well, uh, Martin Short was great. Everybody was great, though. Everybody was great. I just thought he stood out to me he, as particularly the best. But he's always best. been one of my favorites. The I thing think- the thing I always think of with Martin Short is there's like a skit where he, he's the waiter and he brings the water and his fingers are in the water <laughs> as he brings the glass. I don't know why, but that's... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's just hilarious. Yeah, uh, he's just like so, the, the little like comments he makes to Steve Martin to like yeah. deride him and make him feel shitty about his <laughs> acting and stuff. Steve Martin's pretty good. It's more of a straight man, though. Yeah, no, he he was good. They were all really good. And Selena and, Gomez. Like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen Selena Gomez. Yeah, I don't think something. I've seen her in anything. I, have, I never watched. Uh, what's that fucking movie? I don't know. <laughs> the one from the guy who made Bully. Oh, Jesus. Justin, you've watched this movie. Was Selena Gomez in it? Yeah. I didn't think I'd seen her in anything before. I, I don't you know. know. What's his name? Hold on. Let's look it up. I don't know things, so. I can't think of it. The, Larry Clark? The director of Bully? He made, yeah, Bully. He made Kids also. His name's not Larry Clark. Yeah, the guy that made the movie Bully? No, yes. it's not. It is. I'm looking, <laughs> it I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> it's not. His name's not Larry Clark. Okay, well, you're thinking of a different movie then. No. Nope. This is the movie Bully, and it's directed by Larry Clark, who also directed Kids. Okay. Who's the writer then? Sorry. Oh, the writer. I don't fucking know. Well, yes, that's different. That's something very different. I thought he directed them both. True. Uh, Could we just cut all this the out? Writer, this is embarrassing. The writer was Zachary Lang. And what the fuck? Jim Schutz. They only wrote this movie and nothing else, apparently. Bully? I don't. You talking about a different movie? Shut than up, the- Dustin. I'm so pissed off right now. Well, I hope it's at yourself. <laughs> We're talking about the Brad Renfro, Nick Stahl movie. Harmony Corinne. He didn't direct Bully. No, he wrote it. No, his name's not even in the fucking. Do you know? Oh, Gummo. Sorry. Gummo. That is a very different movie. Gummo, Julian, Donkey Boy, Harmony Corinne. I apologize. I was a little bit wrong. I feel like you were a little bit wrong. We're going to just... I feel like I wasn't remotely wrong. We're just going to settle on that. Isn't she in Spring Breakers? Oh, is she? Uh, I did see Spring Breakers. I don't even remember... Selena Gomez. If she was in that. I feel like when... And this isn't because I'm just angry. I, I, I feel like when you say stuff like, oh, I, I saw that, you're like above it. You're like, oh, I, oh, I, I like Spring Breakers. I saw, oh, I, I saw that. I didn't even. Well, oh. it's kind of like, of course he saw it. <laughs> John. Yeah, well, it's true. <laughs> now I'm going to start wondering if you even remember most of the movies that you watched. Oh, there's a lot that I don't remember. Right. Uh, I, like, uh, Spring Breakers, I remember James Franco in it because he was so ridiculous. But Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's James Franco, Serena Gomez, Vanessa Hudgens, Ashley Benson. I don't know who these people are. And then I watched music um, by Skrillex. Sweet. Then I watched the book of Boba Fett. Oh yeah, did you like it? Uh, I liked it. Now it's kind of like it's just like the Mandalorian. So well, it has the same feeling because it's the same people making it. I get it. Can but, I back you up for one second? What did you think of the ending of Only Murders in the Building? Well, I was kind of thinking like, okay, how are they going to make this into another season? Right. So I'm like. Okay. That was pretty fun. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty fun ending. Yeah. Did you know who the killer was? No. It was a surprise. Yeah. Did you figure it out, Dustin? I, f- I figured it out before it was revealed, but not by like a lot. Ghost host Dan, mm-hmm. his wife 
I was talking to him about it uh, th- actually this week, and he's like his wife figured it out like really early on. Oh yeah. yeah. Hmm. So he's like was watching for it. Hmm. Which I'm surprised because he hates spoilers. So I'm surprised he didn't like just like fucking divorce her. <laughs> you might have thought about it. <laughs> He's like, you fucking. All right, that's a bridge too far. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I like to. I'm looking forward to the second season whenever it comes out. Um, but yeah, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, yeah. To me, it's. I don't know. I guess I just expect more out of shows like <laughs> like this is Disney. So but it's also PG like it's not that. No, it's not going to be super violent. It's Star Wars. I, I understand that. Man, I thought the second episode was great. I haven't watched the third one yet. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I've watched four episodes. Oh, OK. But um, so like the first two episodes I really liked. And then the third one, I'm like, okay. And then the fourth one, I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'll see what I think after I watch the next couple. The second one I thought was so good with the train heist and everything. Yeah, but, you know, I'm an idiot, so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. My exposure to Star Wars is Rogue One, which is the the best Star Wars movie. And then (laughs) uh, the two shows. Right. So I've seen the other movies, of course, but... (laughs) <laughs> so your exposure to them is more than that. Have yeah, you seen yeah. all the Star Wars movies? I've, I don't think I've seen the newest one. The last, like the third one of a, of the most recent trilogy or whatever. Honestly, I couldn't tell you which one is right in which order. So I'll never watch them. Oh, why? Well, we know what's happening on this podcast. <laughs> it's I don't know. In the near in the near future. I I don't like how people have such strong opinions about Star I hate Wars. how people love those things. Oh no, that's that's <laughs> bullshit. No. I hate how people have such strong opinions about those things. No. People <laughs> people have their entire Okay, it's like people who are, who have like their entire identity is like that they love pizza. Have you met these people? <laughs> Like, like Michelangelo like, and the yeah. Ninja Turtles. Well, those guys rule. But <laughs> oh, they get a pass. They get a pass. <laughs> they're <laughs> turtles. <laughs> they get and a they're, pass. They're te- they're children, Dustin. <laughs> they're just teenagers. Uh, uh-huh. But people who like whose identity is like arguing about Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, but like, what does that have to do with the movies themselves? They're the worst people, and I refuse to be a part of it. I I know what you mean. Like, there's a guy at work that he's a Star Wars guy. How old is he? 50 something exactly and and he's also a harry potter guy for some reason nice and bridging that gap i think he just hates transgender people (laughs) and he's worn harry potter stuff in it's just like you're a fucking loser man like i mean everyone's they can have their own opinion nerds I'm a fucking jock, man. Like, <laughs> of course. Like your, like, like your light. Like, I guess, like, like I, I shouldn't wanna... kink shame anyone. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not here to yuck your yum, but like, just chill the fuck out. Like, I get it. You know, like, um, Twilight. Like, you know, I know somebody that loves the Twilight books and Are movies. Woman or man? Woman. I'm not saying it matters. Yeah, yeah. But to me... Well, you finish what you're going to say. And, you know, to me, it's kind of ridiculous for, like, say, uh, you know, late 20s, 30 year old to 
like Twilight, like it's kind of like teenage stuff. But you know, well, they, they said, probably got into it when they were well, younger, right? Not really, but <laughs> but they said, hey, like these books, like got me through a point in my life mm-hmm. where I needed something, like me and Jamiroquai. <laughs> so it's like, okay, fair enough. You know, it's like I get it. So yeah, I, mean, what, I mean, what are you gonna do? You're gonna be that asshole. That yeah, like... I'm not gonna be that asshole unless you clap at Transformers <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the movie. <laughs> then maybe I'll be that guy. It's the, but it's also the same reason that I don't watch. Uh, like I've stopped watching Marvel stuff. It's it's also there's just too much of it. Yeah, and I don't care. Right. about it enough like there's all these movies and there's these tv shows and it's just like okay i get it your shit's popular it's just like i can't i can't even keep up at this point yeah well that's kind of, that's more of like you're being bombarded with something so much that you just shut off at same some point, with right? star wars though well okay but like I, I guess the thing with marvel is yes there's so much stuff that they could go into and like how the universe and all this shit that can happen, mm-hmm. like it's endless. They can fucking go on forever, as right? The, as the stories have shown us in the comic books, right? Yeah, it's going on. And I on. get it, I get it. But the problem is, is we're in a time, and we have been for a while, where they can't come up with anything fucking new. And now I see from Christian on Instagram that. Disney is going ahead with a live action Aristocats. <laughs> I just saw that today too. What the fuck? Like why? They didn't oh, learn it. They didn't learn any lessons from that Cats movie. Yeah. So Diana said the same. Like I was like, oh, they're making a live action Aristocats, and she's like, what the fuck? Like what? why? Why mess with that? The first one's perfect, and I'm like, well, I mean, I mean, the first one's not perfect. There's a couple scenes that should maybe be cut. Um, which would be cool if they did like an updated version that kind of got rid of the racist shit. Right. But like, I don't need a live action Aristocats. Just make a new fucking movie. Yeah. I just don't, I don't understand it. It's safe. I mean, I, I get, um, it's they're like, going it, to do a live action version of every single thing they've ever done. I mean, come on. That's, that's just where we're at. Yeah. Anyways, I just, where were we? <laughs> things you've been watching I think oh, we right. need to cut this Bo- big Bo- Bo- Boba Fett <laughs> yeah yeah okay so that's all I watch for shows and then I watched uh, The Sixth Sense oh yeah never seen it oh you had never watched it before no nope, never did watched you know it the twist? did that twist really yeah. get you I, I already knew the twist <laughs> I mean how could you not at this and point? yeah I was watching it with my wife and she's like I don't think I've ever seen this and then like maybe 20 minutes in she's like Oh yeah, he's dead at the end, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I haven't seen it. <laughs> you already I already knew. knew, but like, <laughs> you're just giving her some shit. <laughs> but it's interesting, like knowing that, and then you you can see, like, obviously, right, there's little... something weird going mm-hmm. on. So, what'd you think? I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I actually thought it Do was you really well. watching it. Doesn't? Oh yeah. Like I remember watching it in the theater for the first time and being like, oh my god. Yeah, I think I saw it in the theater in fucking San Diego when it came out. Oh, big shot. No, no big deal. World traveler. <laughs> you have to put that in because like. Oh. No, I'm just remembering. I, like yeah, you asked me if I no remember big seeing deal, it. San Diego. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Had an In-N-Out burger right before. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I remember it, it, it really was a, that was a cultural moment. 
for sure. Oh like, yeah, everyone went and saw that. Every everybody was blown away. Yeah, so I liked it. I I thought it was been a long time since I rewatched it. I thought it was really good. I think I've rewatched it since like the year after it came out. Well, hmm. yeah, maybe maybe it's been what was like ninety eight. 99 it came out. Yeah. Um, so, and then I watched They Live. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of getting rid of Netflix. So, and I thought, you know how they have that thing where it's like, you know, I don't know, you're, you're feeling lucky or you like oh, choose yeah, you whatever. Like random so I did a random thing and They Live started playing. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> Algorithm knows you. That movie is so good. It's pretty great. We might have we might have we might have rated it a little lower than we should have when we did it, just a little. It's so good. I mean, yeah. I if if I'm going to say anything positive about doing this podcast, it's going to be that it's made (laughs) me a bigger John Carpenter fan. Yeah, we've brought that up. But other than that, there's not a single good thing. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That is fair. Fucking have to talk to you guys. I have to watch a movie which feels like a week homework. after week after <laughs> the thought of people falling asleep listening to your voice. Yeah, you don't, your dulcet that tones disgusts me. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me so fucking. You're gonna go take a shower after this. Yeah, they're gonna fucking have a wet dream. <laughs> fucking Dustin's <laughs> fucking jokes in their head. Sick fuck. This bedazzled jeans. We don't kink oh. shame here. I'm not. Hey, hey! I'm not king shaming. I think what he's doing is bedazzled, great. But for bedazzled me, assless chaps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dustin, you would wear bedazzled jeans. <laughs> yeah, we've been over this. <laughs> With his fucking wearing Jeep. them right now. <laughs> With yep. his Jeep tarps off. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Let's across go. the back of his window. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I didn't get involved in these political matters. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So that's about it. That's all I watched. All right. Well, uh, do a couple here. I watched that uh, Netflix movie, The Power of the Dog, which is a uh, Gene, oh yeah, Gene I saw Campion that. directed movie. Didn't it win an award at the Benedict the Cumberbatch bullshit Kirsten Dunst Golden Jesse Globes. Plemons? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, yeah, Golden, I didn't. I read the, the top of people's lists though for best movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't get to watch it last year, so I finally got around to it. It's really <laughs> fucking good, but it is the definition of a slow burn. Like it is a slow paced movie. There's like there is this like creeping sense of dread through the whole movie about like what could happen at any moment just because of the way the characters are written and performed. I don't I'm not been a big Cumberbatch guy, but he was really fucking good in this. Like it, it, there's something about his sort of arrogant, his natural arrogance that plays very well into this role. Um, I've never really cared for him before, but he was great in this movie. So I, I have a question because um, I just looked it up. So it's got a seven out of ten on IMDb, a ninety-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and eighty-nine percent on Metacritic. Seventy-two mm. um, percent of people like the film um, on Google. Okay, but it's got a it's a three point one with Almost as many one stars as five stars. Oh yeah, I can totally see people so, hating this movie. So why? Like, what? Like, is it like a political thing, or is it like a? No, I think it'll be. I think it'll be really slow for a lot of people. I'd give it a one star. <laughs> um, it is very methodically paced, and um, a lot of what's going on is the subtlety in the performances. There's a lot of stuff that's not spoken aloud. Okay. Uh, for the story so it's you have to be paying attention to like be picking up everything that's going what's, on what's it about 
Uh, it's about this these two brothers who are ranchers. Uh, Jesse Plemons is like the business side of things. Benedict Cumberbatch is like the actual like work hand guy. He's like this total asshole who kind of like belittles his brother all the time. His brother gets married, meets this woman played by Kristen Dunst, and then he kind of just like torments the woman and the son by like just being a fucking prick all the time. Okay, I'm but there's there's I'm, more. I'm in so far. <laughs> <laughs> there's more stuff going on underneath it's the surface. Five hours long. <laughs> Speaking of uh, length, did you guys hear how long the new Batman movie is? No, uh, I think it's two hours and forty eight minutes. Jesus. Why? Which makes it, the, I think, the <laughs> longest Batman movie. It would have to be at that length. Uh, uh, no, it's only longer by like like three minutes. Oh, than, really? Than Nolan, a couple of Nolans were pretty the, fat, I guess. The Nolan uh, Dark Knight Rises was, I think, 2.45. Okay. Wow, that was that long, eh? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. The more I've heard hear about this Batman movie as it gets closer to being released, the less interested in it. Really? I haven't heard anything about it. I was interested. I, after the first trailer was released, I thought, it like, oh, this looks Yeah, the trailer good. looks cool. Uh, I, there was this thing released, like, a week or two back where they were talking about how What's-His-Face is basing his Batman on Kurt Cobain. And I was like, all right. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but that's just, like, whatever. I mean, fucking... You um, fucking Gen Xers. Yeah, you boomers. <laughs> that should make me more into it. Uh, no, because you're like, nobody can replace him. <laughs> nobody can replace Cobain. <laughs> but it's pretty much... It's not confirmed, but I mean, it's wildly speculated that uh, Heath Ledger based his Joker on Tom Waits. Yeah, well, that yeah, that would make sense. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously going to watch it no matter what. It's a fucking Batman movie, so I kind of like have to. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to the theater for it, though. Uh, it'll depend, but probably not. Um, the other thing I watched was this new animated movie called The Spine of Night. Uh, have you guys heard of this at all? Nope. No. Uh, it's like a sh- I think it's a Shutter production. Um, it's it's rotoscoped like the '70s animated movies, like Ralph Bakshi did The Lord of the Rings in a rotoscoped way. He I did hate s- those. Okay, well, it's definitely not for you then, because it's just an homage to that kind of stuff. It's got like feels like heavy metal yeah, or do you like. like them? Uh, I I think they're kind of fun, and the, like I like fantasy stuff, and this this one's super super gory, so that part's kind of fun. Um, and it was cool for a while, but it was kind of the kind of thing that the longer I watched it, the less and less interested in it I became. I think it would have helped if I was like fucking stoned though, because it just lends itself to that kind of thing. Why wouldn't you just get stoned then? Uh, <laughs> wasn't the time or place for me to get stoned when I was watching it, but... You were in church? I was, <laughs> I was at front pew. You were at the mosque? <laughs> front pew watching on my phone. <laughs> but, um, by the way, now, like, I wish I wish I was a teenager now. Brother Dustin, I'd, what are you... <laughs> I'd be watching... Just watching this guy's head get chopped off by a naked woman on If I was cartoon. in church now, I would just be watching fucking movies. <laughs> It's like watching like Pornhub. <laughs> I don't um, know if I'd watch Pornhub. Red tube, maybe. You Red like, tube. You put your hand tube? up. Like, excuse me, wait. What's the Wi-Fi password? Yeah. Uh, I gotta, I gotta download some movies. <laughs> Google search cum guzzling queens. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Spider Night was okay. It's yeah, definitely if you're gonna watch it, uh, smoke a heavy doobie first, <laughs> and then uh, you might enjoy it more than I did. It, it's all right. It was just okay for me. Hmm. John, what did you watch? 
Succession. Succession. Barry. Yeah. Watchmen. Yellow Jackets. I did finish Yellow Jackets. Yeah. There's the season finale. I watched that. That was really good. It was really fun. Um, you guys are sleeping on it and you shouldn't. Uh, yeah, I'm planning on watching it. I just haven't got to it yet. Uh, Righteous Gemstones is back. And it fucking rules. Um, speaking of succession, um, I know that uh, this isn't my original thought. I've, I've seen other people say the same thing. But Righteous Gemstones and succession are pretty much like two sides of the same coin. Like they're like they're the same world hmm. is just being they're just coming from completely different like angles yeah like mm-hmm. just like super wealthy people doing like crazy <clears throat> stuff this new season of, of righteous gemstones though um is pretty great I, th- I don't know if i talked about this last week i think you brought it up a little bit yeah well i was gonna say yeah but, but um i guess the hbo uh there's hbo and there's hbo max mm-hmm so they've certain shows are HBO and certain shows are HBO Max, and I believe Righteous Gemstones is an HBO Max show. Oh no, I say it must be an HBO show actually, because the first week they released one episode, two episodes, but then now they're releasing one at a time. I want to watch this other show called Station Eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of the book. Which I really, I really want to watch. I'm probably gonna watch that this week. What is that on? It's on HBO. That's oh, HBO. Okay. But it's an HBO Max show, so that's coming out two episodes per week. Hmm. Um, but apparently that show is just, like, amazing. Um, we just call it John's HBO Corner when it's his, mm-hmm. his turn to... Yeah, okay. I'm, <laughs> I am a very stereotypical white male, 39-year-old male. Like, I, I have my likes. I like Wes Anderson movies <laughs> and Connor Oberst. Did you watch The French Dispatch yet? No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't sh- watched well, it. shit. I want you to watch it so we can argue about it. <laughs> oh, because you don't like it. Yeah, no, I I strongly disliked it. <laughs> you strongly disliked it. Uh, I think I gave it two out of five. Holy fuck. Yeah. Okay, well, you know what I'll do is I'm going to try to watch The French Dispatch and I'll try to watch um, uh, Soho. Oh, Last Night in Soho. Last Night in yeah. Soho so that we can have a real, white, a, a real white guy argument. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is what we want. You want to hear the whitest... You want to hear about Wes Anderson and Edgar and Wright? Edgar Wright? Speaking of which, uh, I just watched Sing 2 for the fifth fucking time. Oh my god, you brought that up last week. I know, my kids keep watching it. So you have no you have no choice but to we report on it. We were just watching it right now, and I'm like flipping through. And, and you're like, both of them you know what? So well, they do like those U2 songs. This U2. Uh, They're like, it's grown on me. It's grown on me. Bono just Dad, had... Can you put U2 on my... Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that'll be the fucking day. Yeah, but you know what I'll... I can't wait. You know what I'll do? I'll put it on. He's like, I'm just going to yeah. start corporal punishment at this point. Because I'm going to be like, fucking, okay, you guys. Like, fucking all right. Rock here's out. the rope. So what you want is what you get. This is what you get. Yeah. Have fun. Here's the rope. You're going to be walking around the house. They're going to be playing Elevation. Bono just had a, like a th- an interview and he said that like he can't listen to his music. And yeah. He only, sucks so and he only learned to sing for the first time like a year ago. What? <laughs> I don't understand. He can't properly. He's like, I can't sing. So okay. he took voice lessons. I think everyone like, knows he can't at sing. At like 80. Right. He's like, I'm going to take voice lessons now. Okay. And avoid taxes in Britain. Because that's what I do. And then I'm going <laughs> to hold a black child's hand. And then everybody will think that I'm a uh, good person. 
I think South Park has taught it, us that he's just a big number two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything else I watched. I'm sure I watched other things, but... Let's review this fucking movie. This is my pick. Is there a trailer? Arrest you people, please arrest me. You're under arrest. So why were you looking to get locked up, Theodore? Everyone's trying to kill me. He nearly killed us. What'd you do? I did what I had to do. To get to you, Teddy. The legendary Bob Vidic. You're a psychopath. I'm a professional. You pissed off the wrong people. And I'm gonna kill you. Drop that gun. No one kills anyone in here. So Cop Shop is a 2021 rated R film. One hour, 47 minutes. <clears throat> it's directed by Joe Carnahan. Uh, written by, oh man, I think a bunch of people. Too many people. It stars uh, Gerard Butler, uh, Frank Grillo, Alexis Louder. Yeah, Louder. Toby Huss. Toby Huss. Uh, Chad L. Coleman, Ryan O'Nan. It goes on and on. Uh, James brought this movie up to me, said he liked it, and it turns out he was actually going to pick it for his next pick. <laughs> so you just thought you'd scoop him. <laughs> well, I didn't do it on purpose. I said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to pick this movie. And then, oh, you were I, I was part of the text chain. Mm. Uh, and James said I was going to pick that next week. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to pick it now. So <laughs> suck it. Yeah. And he did the DX yeah. thing yeah. to you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, who was part of DX? Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Some the other, Road Dog, the Road. No, there's one. China. No, another one. Guy who badass Billy Gunn. The guy who was with China. X Pac. Triple H was with China. X Pac. Triple H. X Pac. No, X Pac was with China. F- no. Don't don't question me on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do get into it. Let's hear. It. <laughs> she joined him when he was still going by the name Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh huh. Before there was a DX, and then when they formed DX, him and Shawn Michaels and her were the first members. I thought X-Pac and China were, like, actually a couple. Uh, later they were a couple, and they made, like, a porn movie or something. Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? I just She said- was with Triple H. <laughs> she was... This, the look on his face is, yeah, is priceless. She was also with X-Pac. Yeah, later. What does that matter? No, I just said they were together. Who was first? I never said who was Hunter first. Hunter Hearst yeah. was first. I never said who was first. Roll I just tape. said they were together. <laughs> Let's go back and listen to it again. Let's get into this movie. What about, what about the Generation X? What was your point with that? Yeah. Sidetracked already. <laughs> You've made me so mad. <laughs> it's so easy, though. Well, Dustin... Uh, not a member. You brought up, by the way, you brought up. You told him suck it. And so it I said, said suck it, and then you brought said it. Said you up. did the DX motions, and then you're like, who was the who was in DX? So then we <laughs> listed every one of them. Because I was trying to think of who Xbox was, and I couldn't remember their, his name. So we so. got Butts in here. So Jerry Butts is back, and I'm going to say this right now: Jerry Butts is my favorite currently working action star. Wow. 
Uh, I is don't that, feel that way about him. Is that controversial? I, I'm not a buttsman. <laughs> You're not a buttsman? <laughs> You're not a buttsman. Uh, here's the thing. I We've talked about this a little bit before. I like Olympus Has Fallen. I thought that was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't, he's just never been a guy that I like really liked much of anything he's done. Like, he, I don't think he's bad per se. Yeah, like, I'm not a butts groupie. Here. I am. <laughs> okay, what movies have you watched of his? This one. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Gamer, actually. That was a fun movie. Oh, yeah. I like when he shows up in movies because it's like, oh, butts. Butts is here. I'm like, yeah, that guy. I like that guy. Uh, I think he's good in this. I think he's used very cleverly in this movie mm-hmm. based on what people, what kind of movies people expect him to be in and then yeah. how they use him in this movie. I thought was pretty clever. Yeah. So let's talk about some of his movies. Um, Cop Shop. I like him. <laughs> Greenland. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen that. How to Train Your Dragon. That's oh, probably pretty good. <laughs> Angel Has Fallen. I'm guessing it's amazing. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I mean, of course, they brought him back multiple times, so... Angela has fallen. That's the third. I think it's the third, third one. one. Den of yeah. Thieves. Den of Thieves. The movie that I want to redo more than any other Not movie. Not the show. Really? You want that's the one you want to redo? Yeah, because yeah, I think that it's better than Geostorm. I've seen parts. I've seen and parts. And he's amazing. Is he? I don't Gods, I don't Gods think, of Egypt. I'm sure I don't think Den of Thieves is that Gods much better. Gods of Egypt better. is kind of fun. And it's bad, but it's kind of fun. I don't know. Is I it? just really like him. He has. He has drunk guy energy <laughs> he like, has like drunk stepdad yeah energy he has like he's definitely sweating a lot and he's not doing a lot <laughs> and, but he's making he's like a, i gotta do this for my kids that he can't see <laughs> except for like a like a supervised weekend once a month i definitely believe that he can fuck you up like I definitely get that impression. I definitely think he will be. He's the got a shit bit of a Russell Crowe thing. Like, totally going on, fighting right? around the world. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. Yeah, so you don't like him, eh? Oh well, it's not that I dislike him. It's just that I've never been like, yeah, I get. I don't feel it one way or another. If you tell me Gerard, Gerard Butler's in a movie, all right, Frank Grillo. I like Frank Grillo. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't love him, but he's done some pretty good stuff. I like him. I actually liked him in uh, Boss Level. Yeah, and that was directed by Carnahan as well, wasn't it? I don't know. I think it was. But uh, <laughs> perfect. That was the most perfect. Uh, it's not my fucking job to know that. Yeah, he directed Boss Level as well. With That's Nicola. your job, Dustin. Uh, I didn't. I didn't love Boss Level. It was. It was okay. But um, I do like Frank Grillo, and he was good in it. Yeah, he was good. I like him because he's because he was a stunt guy. Mm-hmm. And he's now more and more getting like big roles. Yeah, he's, he, I don't know if he'll ever be like a huge star, but he's definitely gone up and up the ranks. What to... do you mean? He's the next Batman? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, nothing would surprise me at this point. I really like Frank Grillo. Yeah. I do think Frank Grillo could be like all of a sudden he's some. This is where you say something like obscure comic book guy, like like character. Like, oh, I see. Well, he he was like crossbones in the Captain America movies. Yeah, like like that. He, I I feel like he could totally jump up. I really enjoy him. Actually, I want him to be the number two villain in like a Mission Impossible movie. Oh, that would be sick. Yeah, that'd be cool. The muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, this is a this is a pretty fun cast because it's not like besides Gerard Butler and Frank Grillo. These aren't really big name people in this movie, so a lot of like 
small character actors and lesser knowns kind of get to to shine in this because yeah. the roles are mostly filled by these people that like everyone would recognize Toby Huss. He's the psycho guy that shows up later. Right. Uh, he's fucking great. He's one of the highlights of the movie. I he's, think. Well, I mean, he's just a working character actor and he, this is, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. But then Alexis Louder, who plays this cop in the movie, she, I, I've only seen her in the tomorrow war before this. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And she's fucking great in this. She's she in, is great. You've seen her in the Watchmen. In Watchmen. Oh, is she in Watchmen as well? Uh, okay. She's also in. Where did you see her? Does Tomorrow, um, Tomorrow War. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. But yeah, she, she's also in Watchmen. Okay, yeah. But I thought she was really good in this. Like really strong. I think I, 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 you can't really come down on any character, like, like acting wise. Everybody kind of. Yeah, kills nice. It. I nice like to Huber. See, uh, I like Huber. Huber, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, such the, a schlubby guy. The guy plays that character so well. He's <laughs> like always sweating when he's yeah. looking at the computer. <laughs> uh, Chad L. Coleman, the Cuddy from The Wire. Nice to see him always. I, I mean, he doesn't get a ton to do, but he's fun for the first chunk of the movie that he's in. Yeah, he's also in It's Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked. I don't know. He was just funny to me in this. Just like screaming at the Huber guy to come to his office. Well, you know what he was is he is a working man's uh, uh, ice cube. Yeah, yeah. Like a little bit. You know right. what I mean? Doesn't have the star cachet of no, an ice cube, but, but he's, he's a, a good actor. Much better actor. How dare you say that about Mr. Cube? <laughs> I, I like ice cube. Uh, but yeah, so cast wise, it's fun, right? And then I think you get uh, a pretty solid script here. Like, it's toned down, you know, like we, we talked about Smoke and Aces, which Joe Carnahan also directed. And that movie is like so obnoxious and just over the yeah. top and every character is like in your face and just yeah. like the angles and all this stuff. Right? Okay, but I was I was thinking about this, not this exactly, but this kind of like situation. Um, Smoking Aces came out in, I don't know, 2002, 2003, something like that, I would guess. Okay, Smoking Ace was 2006. Oh, 2006. Okay. okay. So this was, for me, this was the, a couple of years past the end of like that, what would be modern edgelord shit, like mm-hmm. just saying like fucked up things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just it, the, to say it. It was an abrasive type of thing that was this period of time, I feel like people it was already like it was like post post tarantino kind of yeah and it was it was like okay post like political correctness trying to like kind of just like push the limits a little bit i mean i was like what in 2006 fucking i don't know why but like the movie spun also comes to mind did you ever see that oh so Schwartzman? spun is like a very interesting movie i remember watching that I remember exactly where I was and when I watched that. Were you in San Diego? I, uh, I was. In, I, so I was in San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. I was on top of a very large hill. Uh, I was in the Castro district. Um, no, I've never been to San Diego. But uh, it spun was like made you feel like you were on drugs. Yeah, right. It was a very grimy movie. Very grimy. Very like, well, what's his name? Uh ties a woman to a bed for like days yeah, like, yeah yeah anyway um but that was like the that was like that peak of that like edge lordy type shit mm-hmm. until we got the modern ones which are just the worst 
but he completely like you're right like he totally like took it down for this like there's not like that yeah this is this is way more grounded right and and i mean it still gets heightened during action moments and stuff but it's not way over the top yeah doesn't have like crazy camera work it's a lot more it it seems like a stripped down low budget indie kind of movie like even like some of the background stuff and special effects i can see the low budget yeah parts of it and i'm like i'm totally okay with that i'm guessing this is all for his future though to his benefit because he's come back from writing like bangers like he wrote narc yeah, and he wrote, he directed Narc, which was a really great way to start your career. Um, and then he's had some sort of middling stuff in between. I liked The Grey quite a bit with Liam Neeson. Yeah, that's a good movie. But that was kind of like the last good movie he did, in my opinion. Like, he's done some kind of not great stuff in between, right? But um, now, I, I think this is a really good jumping off point for him to start like another, like, renaissance for yeah, his career. Yeah, well, he's, he's shown what he can do with like we're talking about a relatively got to be a relatively small budget, not big stars, but he's turned out a quality movie that uh, does everything it needs to do. And it's, it's a single location thing, but he still manages to make it exciting, uh, fun characters. So like you can do a tight movie like this and you don't have to have like the hugest actors and like a huge budget to make something really fun and entertaining. So, which is interesting because his next movie that he's not directing, but he wrote actually stars is going to start Jackie Chan. Oh, cool. Uh, it's called five against a bullet. Um, after his father is killed by a Mexican drug cartel, a man runs a successful political campaign to clean up his area. Uh, through doing so will though doing so will require staying one step ahead of the people who want him gone. Starring Jackie Chan. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Uh, oh, you heard Jackie Chan and you were down. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, but we, we should probably talk about what the movie's about because we haven't even gotten into the, the plot of this at all. John, it's your film. You want to read a synopsis on this thing? On the run from a lethal assassin, a wily con artist devises a scheme to hide out himself inside a small town police station. But when the hitman turns up at the precinct, an unprecedented unsuspecting rookie cop finds herself caught in the crosshairs. Yeah. So, I mean, it's starring, you know, Gerard Butler and Frank Grillo are the top of the, the key here, but I think Alexis Louder is the main character, right? Yeah. Which we don't really learn until totally. somebody gets going. I totally agree with you. Um, and then it, I think it uses those two actors in a fun way though, right? Like this Frank Grillo gets himself arrested on purpose because he knows these guys are after him. We're trying to kill him. Yeah. He figures if he's locked up, they won't be able to get at him. But then I almost called him Russell Crowe. <laughs> Gerard, <laughs> Gerard Butler <laughs> purposely gets arrested as like a drunk uh-huh. to get thrown in the... He gets put in the wrong cell, though, with that other guy. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I love their interaction. <laughs> huh? <laughs> huh? Oh, that's real good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably your description, he says or something. Yeah. Huh? Uh, what? Oh, you're changing it up now. And Gerard, I gotta give it up. Gerard Butler is really fun in this part. He is fun. Uh, it's the perfect kind of role for him, I think. And like I was talking about earlier, I like the way that he's used in the movie where it's, he's not the center focus of the action until, you know, he does show up and get to do some stuff at, near the end of the movie. But yeah, it's not really about him. He's just being used uh, in a certain way. Right. Yeah, Gerard Butler can play a little, a little subtle in this film. 
when he wants to. Uh, I think Frank Grillo plays his character so perfectly. He does, yeah. Like as this like smarter, like total snake. Yeah, well, and you being. feel like he's kind of like, yeah, like he's a snake, but he's like kind of dumb or a little more gullible. But then, like at the end when he gets out, he's like fucking cold. Well, you re- you realize yeah, spoiler there's, alert. <laughs> yeah. there's the running line uh, about his ex wife and his child, um, and whether or not they're alive. And you think you're you're led to believe that like, his name's Teddy in the movie. You're led to believe that Teddy cares about whether or not his mm-hmm. child is alive, mm-hmm. and it's really it's a really harsh thing and this is a little bit of edgelord stuff but like he his kid's dead and he does not give a fuck yeah i mean i don't i don't know if it's like you can have an edge without being like an edgelord movie i think like yeah you're right you're right i don't know like there there's a grittiness to the characters for sure but i don't think anything is like i mean you could argue maybe toby huss is over the top but i think that's the fun he's he's the fun part he's in that supposed way. to be but you have these degrees i think of the characters of like Gerard Butler is willing to go to a certain degree of like, yeah, he has a certain of type of code that he follows for yeah, himself. But if you want to have like, like if good is on one side and like evil is on another, these guys are definitely like, like shades, different shades mm. of like the evil, like the mid to right. evil side. Toby Huss is like the full on psychopath guy, right? I, I do like that. Frank Grillo is obviously a snake, you know, bad guy out for the money. And then Gerard Butler is a, a hired killer. And then you also have the other guy, the the psycho guy at the end. So you, you have like this setting of, okay, everyone's trying to kill him. But a large chunk of the movie is they have to like talk their way through it because they mm-hmm. can't get at each other. So it's convincing the cop, hey, let me out. Yeah. It's all a, com- and, it's a confidence game. Yeah. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of fun. It's something different. Like, you still get the the gunfight at... Oh, for sure. It, but but, it, but you got to wait for that stuff. But yeah. but not, I was never bored. Like, I was into everything that yeah, was Yeah, I was totally right? into it. All the interactions with the cop characters... Uh, just the whole setup of it, this idea of the two guys being in these two cells across from each other, and, separated for the whole movie, right? And, you know, that's nothing new. We've seen no, that, no, oh, like a this, million there's, times. There's but, a ton of influences in going on. I mean, this is you know, you you, you could bring up Assault on Precinct 13, for example. Oh, I, and right? I thought about that when watching the movie. But what I thought was such a uh, strong point of this film is how I recognized the cliches. And I was like, yeah, it's totally okay. Right. Like it yeah. wasn't it wasn't done in a way that I was like, oh, they're just putting this in. They're like it, it was almost like they were like looking at cliches and being like, How can we do this the most organic, natural way? So Yeah, that the- well it's even talking about something like when we reviewed a Assault on Precinct thirteen and we talked about Carpenter's influences, which were Westerns and yeah. maybe older zombie movies for that film. Mm-hmm. And now Car- Carnahan is taking an influence from a guy like Carpenter and maybe some Tarantino and, and other things going on here. There's a bit of a, even a little bit of a grindhouse throwback feel at times, 70s kind of throwback feeling at, at 
at moments. I definitely felt there was a huge Carpenter influence. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that that's undeniable in this one. I definitely got the, like, through the discussion, they have, like, the one discussion about Deja Vu. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was another one, but I like how it's kind of like a Tarantino thing, I guess. And, but it's like, uh, no, that's not what that means. And then they, it's like a whole aside about right. like, what does <laughs> what it actually the, what does mean? Actually mean yeah. yeah. So I like that. I, yeah, no, I that's thought what that I, stuff that's was what good. I mean when I say like the script was solid, like it's not like, it's hard to describe because it's, it's not like I'm going to sit here and be like, oh, this is the greatest script ever written. It's just, it's just deftly done. It's not, it's yeah. doesn't, it's not too showy. And the perform the performances are exactly what they need to be to get it across, and you never like feel like oh yeah this is uh, this sounds like overly written to me or I don't know like it just felt it played. So that brings up a question. I don't know if we've I'm, we've done this for such a long time now. I'm sure we've talked about this, but can you have like a quote unquote perfect film that's not a ten out of ten? Like, can you have a like a perfect seven? <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? Like, can you have a perfect like, oh, this is exactly what it wants to be. And in that sense, it actually 100% yes. succeeds. I, th- mm-hmm. I think you can. I think you can take pretty much any of our movies in the top 10 and say they're perfect movies for what they're trying to do. Yeah. yeah I, okay. I would agree. Um. I think there's certain things that maybe don't appeal to you individually, but I think as a movie, they they set out and everything worked and fit together perfectly, and it's it's yeah. a perfect film. And, and it's it's kind of crazy because a movie like this, actually, and talking about it, and Dustin, especially hearing what you're saying and what you're bringing to the conversation, completely makes me want to destroy our rating system. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I want to give this movie a 10 out of 10. Hmm, right. In a sense. Because I think this movie does everything perfectly it could do with what it had. Do well, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, does, it achieves its goals, it, you know, is what you're saying. Like, it sets out to do a certain thing and it does that thing. So then how can you fault it? And that's the thing. I can't really fault this movie because it's really doing everything we wanted it to do. Like you said, like James was not bored with the pacing of this film. Yeah, I wasn't right, bored. Hour 47. That's a long one for you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, like, and, and when you're talking, Dustin, you're talking about like how it sets up to do these things and it has this almost homages, but like it feeds off of its predecessors, right? Like it just, it does it, but it does it, it doesn't do it in an obnoxious way. Exactly. And it's, but it's doing it incredibly well. So then in a sense, are now I'm getting existential. Are we, are we, are we doing this wrong? I don't think we're doing it wrong. (laughs) I, I think it actually goes into play. Um, like when we have Dean on from Talking Back, where he just talks about how he doesn't rate movies like on uh, his letterbox. Oh right, I was listening to your guys' conversation. He, he said I think he only does he only rates his five star ones. Yeah, ones exactly. So which, so it's just like he likes it or he doesn't like it. And in a sense, we have to rate them because that is a hook. Yeah, it's part of our system that we set up it's here. It's our shtick. But, I mean, it's also just fun to talk about and argue about those things, right? Like, it doesn't really matter, obviously, but yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's a jumping off point. So uh, should we jump in? <laughs> it's we're very deep into the podcast story. We haven't really talked about any of the action sequences. Well, I mean, it's like James was saying, like the action sort of doesn't start really happening. We do get a a bit of a sequence at the beginning, small sort of thing just to get when they get arrested and stuff. Uh, and there's a flashback to a shootout at one point, but then as the movie's going, then we start getting, you know, once, um, Toby Hush shows up is really when things start to move. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, all the action is well done. I felt like, like it's nothing, um, you know, it's not super stylized or crazy, but it is fun. It's, it, it is well shot and everything. I did think, um, one, this is supposed to be a small town and they have like a fortress of a fucking cop <laughs> shop. Yeah, but that's not crazy because the smallest towns, even some small towns in Canada, have like armored vehicles. Right. Like, so the, that stuff didn't, that didn't surprise me at all. Especially, it also did remind me of the raid. It's not the raid, um, Assault on Precinct 13. Right. Right. And then, uh, I mean, inside, like, it's looking pretty stylish in there. <laughs> it looks like a new station. It looks like a new station. Yeah. Um, but I also like, I really like the world that they're kind of building. Yeah. Th- this, like, really low key, there's a guy on the run, there's hired assassins, but there's also Huber that's like, yeah, we got a dirty cop on dirty the side. And then he gets information that he has to, like, you know, do something and, like, get Frank Grillo. So it's kind of like there's more going on. And then you get the FBI. Yeah, it's kind of really revealed in stages, right? Exactly. Like you're just seeing a little bit peeled back. But they don't reveal everything. Would you say sometimes it's nice to watch a movie where there is no moral gray zone? In a sense, almost like every character has defined which side they are on. Like the only character who hasn't, you could say, would be um, Jerry Butts. Jerry Butts. He's the only one who is fluid. Like he's the only one that's like working between the two sides. Everybody else is either a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, pretty much. That's true. I mean... You have people who are clearly defined in the in terms of that throughout the movie. I think you know we're kept in suspense about which is which when it comes to Frank Grillo and Jerry Butts. And if, if and if anything, the movie wants you to sympathize with with uh, Grillo. But for I, all, I, I don't sympathize with I Grillo never, at all. I never for one second sympathize with Grillo. No, uh, Teddy. Teddy was always a bad guy to me, and Bob Jerry Butts was always the good guy. Hmm. Like, in my mind. I, I, I mean, good as in, like, as good as a... There's a word... Oh, what the fuck is the word for it? Like, it, it, not a hero, but, like, like the... An, is it an anti-hero? Like, like... Yeah, he's, he's like an anti-hero like, type. I mean, we find... But that's, again, that's not really revealed until I, towards the I, end of the movie. I just knew. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that's probably from just watching movies and... And maybe a person who's much more intelligent than me would be like, oh, like, yeah, but it's obviously set up that way based on the structure of everything. And I'd be like, oh, OK, cool. I get it. I But like, yeah, for I'm, me, I was always like very clear on who is who. I like how at the end, like, Butts helps out. Yeah. Alexis Louder's character. Yeah. yeah. 
what's her character name? Valerie. Yeah, Val. Valerie. But there, there was um, also no big, rev- like there was no big, like no, it's not like oh, big twist. Big twist. No. And like, is is it wrong to be happy that there wasn't a big twist? No, I mean, I think it it does. It is trying to have some reveals, but they're not done like dun 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 or anything. Like it's, I, it's weird because it is kind of a very simplified script and movie mm-hmm. but it just it works yes <laughs> and i don't like i don't know oh uh, yeah i was totally happy with it i, I and i i mean the same thing same thing as james though where it's like you, it's revealed to you who who is on which which side throughout the film and then those people end up being the exact people that they're revealed to be well I well d- not exactly i don't think i do think that the movie wants you to be more on frank grillo's side and afraid of who that. of who butler I, is i think you're supposed to think that like you're mm-hmm. supposed to think that's why i like when frank grillo is let out then you're like no this guy's a piece of shit yeah right and you find out very quickly. Very quickly, right? I do like how you pretty much know, like you're saying, John, you know where everyone falls on what side. And that's why like, I like Officer Huber. <laughs> it's like, okay, this guy's a piece of shit. Like, he's going to... How is he going to do this? He's going to... Yeah. He's going to betray... Every, he's going to fuck everything up. Yeah. And I even like that where she changed the code and then yeah, he's trying fun, yeah. he's trying to convince her like, hey, let me in. like, And then, of course, he it's like the classic. I kind of related to it's like that turn in Commando when Sully is trying to pick up that stewardess oh, yeah. <laughs> in the parkade. <laughs> she and turns him down. And you're like, yeah, fuck you then, you bitch. Like, yeah, you whore, you yeah. stupid whore. Whatever. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's like a quick turn. <laughs> yeah, but that's just like straight toxic masculinity. Yeah. That's straight like pickup culture. It's like, oh, hey, sugar baby, like, mm. let's do it. And it's like, no, I'm not interested. Fuck you, you fucking whore. What you rotten hell, you dumb bitch? You're so yeah. fucking ugly anyway. I wouldn't I wouldn't fuck you with Dustin's dick. <laughs> right. This is actually... That's actually what? I've actually seen James... Uh, I've actually seen James post that on a uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. It, it that's was, in my Reddit thread. Yeah, it was... It, Dustin Deep to, Guts. I'll go find that. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, to what you were saying earlier, James, like there is something just very refreshing about this kind of movie at this point in the cinematic landscape where we were talking about the Marvel shit and all that stuff earlier, where 90% of the movies, it feels like, are like these, yeah, you know, uh, sort of predestined big tentpole type superhero or whatever, some kind of franchise thing. Yeah. This is just so nice to get something like this, right? It, it, a small movie that's just doing its own thing in its own little corner over here. It honestly reminds me of, you know, early 20s where there was like all sorts of new movies coming out and new things. Early 20s? My, My early 20s. Oh, your early 20s. Okay. <laughs> the I, 1920s, man. It's like the 1920s. You know? of a time for I, cinema. I was going to be like, I was like, I am wildly <laughs> unprepared to talk about this. <laughs> no, I just feel like, you know, there was 
like new movies that weren't remakes or Marvel Universe independent stuff. Films, independent yeah. films. Yeah. That don't seem to exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, or or if they do, you have to really go looking for them, You have right? to really go looking for them, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. We used to have all kinds of stuff coming out in the theater where it was like, oh, okay, there's a thriller, an action movie, a horror movie, a romantic comedy, yeah. uh, a drama, like all this stuff. And now it's just like, well, there's a there's a Disney th- cartoon and there's a Marvel thing. and Yeah, and that there. sucks, man, because, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck about any Marvel shit anymore. Or, like, we <laughs> talked about Star Wars. Like, I just, I want to, and I'll probably watch some of them. Like I, tr- I, I tried to start watching The Mandalorian, and I'll probably end up watching it. But it's just like, I, I just want stuff like this. Yeah. I want, I want... But even The Mandalorian is successful because it breaks away from most of the, the, the known Star Wars universe it's, to do its own thing. It's actually ripping off stuff like this. Like, it's ripping off, like, independent... Like, well, it's like a lone wolf and cub kind of story that's so like in the theaters right now in our town you got spider-man no way home you got scream sing Two, the matrix oh nightmare Nightmare alley still playing uh king's man the king's man the prequel to the kingsman movies Oh yeah, okay. So I saw an ad for that thing, three fifty-five. Three fifty-five. It's like a spy movie with uh, all-female cast. I, I don't. Oh, this is the one. I, I think is it. I think I saw a headline. It was like, this is the girl boss movie that we don't need right now. <laughs> okay. And then you got American Underdog. Who the fuck is watching? Oh yeah, the Kurt Warner story. You haven't gone to that, James? No. <laughs> Who's Kurt Warner? He's a football player. I, I saw. Player. I saw a preview for this, and I'm like. Who the fuck is asking for this movie? <laughs> hey, we need a Kurt Warner film. Okay, but like, these movies that you just listed off, other than Scream, they've all been in the theater for like a month. So there's like nothing new. Right, no. and, and I get it. It's like COVID, right? We're kind of just yeah, kind of getting a weird out of time of... for more than one reason, but it's not the greatest time oh, yeah. to be wanting to go to the movie. Scream came out last weekend. Yeah, other than Scream. Like they've all been out Which, for... I gotta be honest. I really want to see. Oh yeah, I want to see Scream for sure. I love Scream. I will. I know, you know but what? see, if we're you, part if, of the problem. If there's a <laughs> right, if there's a Scream, because there's always going to be some sort of franchise thing that you have a connection to that you exactly. want to you want to participate. Yeah, in. and Scream. It's not to, that those stuff is bad. It's that there's no room for anything else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you're right, Dustin. You're you're totally right. And that's where we're at. Although I don't <laughs> when, know if I, we I, need. I just, side note: when we agree. We all just stopped talking. We just stopped. We're just done. That's what? it. This is so we're done. <laughs> no one is like, yeah, go, dog. Um, yeah, but is there? Uh, is there? I mean, favorite the sequence act- you're talking about, yeah, coming down the hallway. Favorite action sequence: the uh, Toby Huss trying to get into the door while she's setting up a new password and stuff. That was pretty fun. Yeah, the whole like end that. sequence when she's back out. With her and Frank Grillo, I thought was a lot of fun. I kind of found that because I watched it twice because yeah. I've already watched it and then I watched it for the podcast. Fucking dedication. Uh, <laughs> I found it kind of odd, that sequence. Oh, yeah? Because he, he goes upstairs and then it's like, what is the plan? Well, he went up like, to get those guns because he had seen at the very beginning of the movie when they were bringing him in. Right, he saw. He saw where the, the guns were stored or whatever. I know, but it's just like... What is your plan up here? Like I don't. I, I think don't know. it's fun when Toby Huss shows up. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, he's um, he's always really when good. When he keeps killing all, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he's like, the, when he talks about the blood on the screen, he's like, yeah. Some, your blood on my forehead right where I shot you? <laughs> I got to go buy a lotto ticket. <laughs> uh, I would say he he's just such a great villain. And I think that's a something that we should probably talk about, how this m- movie created a really amazing villain in him. Um, and I think sometimes we forget we have our heroes that we watch. You know, we have our our uh, our, our Seagulls and we have our Van Dams and our <laughs> our heroes, our heroes, you know, mm-hmm. but we should probably praise our villains more like for making the movies. Oh, sure. I mean, it's a big part of what makes a movie, uh, you know, a draw. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That stuff's all super fun. Even this part where Frank Grillo is stalking him in the locker room, it almost takes on a horror vibe for oh, that totally. scene where he's like moving around and, and and heckling him and sort of baiting him and stuff. Um, even at that moment, you're still sort of, I think the movie wants you to still be with Frank Grillo. Like you're on his side at that moment, still up until that point. Although you might have started thinking about, hey, he hasn't gone to like help <laughs> help her. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think even then they're supposed to, be, you're supposed to be thinking like he, he just found out that that guy killed his wife and kid. So he's like, right. now he wants that revenge so bad. Yeah. Well, so who killed the wife and kid? Toby Husted. Yeah. Toby Husted, but he but, taunts him about it. Yeah. yeah. But, but Bob Gerard Butler was there when it happened. No, no. he wasn't there. He says he was there. He just no, says, he says he that was. the way, like where they were found, that's like. That's the way that that's the way he deals. Oh, okay. For something that I, uh, what I, does he keep calling him? And he says, "I won't answer to that name because he's Tony." Oh, he keeps calling him Anthony or something like that. <laughs> oh, I don't Anthony know. Lamb. That's his name. Yeah. Um, I thought there was a line where Joe Butler is like, "If you're asking if I was like there, I was there. I didn't do it though." No, no. He, no. he said he wasn't there. He said he wasn't. Oh, there. okay. Yeah, I do like how you know after that bathroom scene he uh frank grillo he like goes upstairs and he gets a sandwich and he starts <laughs> yeah. eating it it's like <laughs> so I'm he thinks like oh man i can like Chill oh out. this sandwich is so good i'm so hungry <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's her sandwich yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. i'm liking the movie even more now that i'm thinking about it because i'm thinking about the relationship between you guys keep saying their character, their actor names. I'm gonna say their characters. Okay, Bob and Teddy, mm-hmm. Jerry and Frankie. I'm like how they're so like they're they're so similar, but they're just like like I said, they're on the opposite sides. Yeah, just and by I mean a that's that's and being made. That point is made made through it, the script it, the whole time. It right? totally is, but how genius that is! Like to make them so similar, so that they're incomplete. Like competition with each other throughout the film and then you have these two other people you've got they're um, also competing for who would making valerie trust one exactly so you got valerie and anthony and she chooses wrong just like the audience is supposed to yeah and you've got these other like so you've got these two people who are so similar like it's almost like now that i'm thinking about it is this just written by like a straight up like this is how you write a screenplay yeah because it's like it's workman style in a way more of this but it's like it's not flashy but it's it's i don't know like i said it's deft like it's 
It's written by three people, right? Like yeah. Well, yeah, people. but that's pretty normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. I don't know. Yeah, I really appreciated it because it didn't go too wild. Even the, even the stuff that is the reveals isn't, oh, man, this is a Kaiser Soze moment yeah. or something. It's just feels naturally like this is where it had to go. Right? Yeah, so I watched this movie with my wife who every time I'm like, I got to watch a movie for the podcast is like, oh, yeah, great. Oh, <laughs> and yippee. I, and I Can't always wait. offer to watch the movie like in another room. Mm-hmm. So I always offer to watch it in another room because mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't, I don't, you don't need to. Yeah. You don't have to subject yourself to this. Yeah. And she's like, she brought it up today after we watched it yesterday. She's like, I really like the movie you watch. like. I really liked it. And I'm like, oh, and she's like, yeah, like, I just thought it was really good. Like, I mean, she hasn't said that since like hard ticket to Hawaii, right? (laughs) (laughs) That fucking banger. Hard ticket to Hawaii. I did catch her watching that alone. Right. (laughs) Well, there's those hot tub scenes. There is some sexy, (laughs) sexy stuff with that movie. Steamy. Uh, But yeah, I think that this movie just kind of. It, it's it's like written by math in a little way, in a little bit of a way that really works where it's just like a formula. Like it's just. Yeah, it fits the formula. It fits the formula. Well. It, it, it does a great job. Every actor kills their role. Yeah. And I think yeah. that really helps get something like this and this make is, something like this work. Right. This is why Jerry Butts rules. Yeah. I mean, I got to give it to him in this. He was a lot of fun in this. Yeah. What's he bad in? I'm not even saying he's bad. I just most of the movies he does, I'm not interested in, and so then and I'm just like, oh, Jerry Butts, whatever. and that's fine. But well, you have some of these actors like um, Scott Atkins. Yeah, yeah, he's the same. Like it's, I like seeing him mm-hmm. in movies. I like his performance in movies, but I don't watch most of his movies. Here's the question: Is Scott Atkins a poor man's Frank Grillo? <laughs> I don't know that that's kind of I mean I, unfair to Scott Atkins I think <laughs> yeah I mean I don't think people would recognize him the way that they might recognize Grillo because he's that's why he's, he he's be, gotten a higher profile appearances and stuff that's but, why but he Scott Atkins is obviously man's. super talented in terms of what he can do physically martial arts wise but also he's he's a good actor for those types of movies like most of those kind of DTV action movies the actors are usually pretty stiff and he's pretty decent so we're gonna do a scott atkins movie. yeah, yeah well, i want to do that new one of his that yeah. you were talking about john the one shot one yeah it's the like one, one shot one, yeah one yeah. take or whatever we're doing that next week well i'm thinking that maybe <laughs> this podcast kind of switches a little bit and we just start doing episodes not just we will do other stuff but we just start amping up these like lower tier action heroes the Scott Atkins, the Frank Grillos, the, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we started just like pumping them up and, and like, you know, pump, like pumping their tires because <laughs> they deserve it because they're, they're, they're out here. They're killing it. Yeah, oh, yeah. We gotta they're, doing a, they're doing a great fucking job. Yeah. So, you know who didn't like this movie? The <laughs> Daily Nebraskan. Oh, my God. No, not the Daily Nebraskan. <laughs> Here's the headline. Oh, that's why I, I usually read their reviews I read, before. Anybody I read their <laughs> reviews I, you you I, go to the trusted daily Nebraskan. I, sl- I slept on this one. <laughs> Cop shop, a walking cliche with weird pacing, terrible writing. 
I thought the pacing was quite perfect in this. Here's I, the first sentence. Okay. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I love Quentin Tarantino, but I hate good filmmaking. Well, boy, do I have the movie for you. <laughs> the terrible first line of review. Like, that's how you start. Okay, so we've talked in Dustin. I'm going to review this review. <laughs> Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I like to read movie reviews? Yeah. But I hate, I hate good ones. Is there comments? Oh, there's one comment. Completely agree with your review. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, shit. Well, Do- Dor- wrong. Dorothy, Dorothy Hosher. <laughs> Dustin, so you've compared this movie to Tarantino multiple times. Like talk, talk you, not over Dustin. and over and over. Dustin, explain I'm, yourself. I apologize. You've you've <laughs> brought up Tarantino multiple times. Yeah, I think there's a bit of yeah, Tarantino I think I have DNA too. in here. Yeah. So I here's the thing. I didn't think of Tarantino once when watching this movie until like until you guys brought it up. Don't really see it. Hmm. So I have two questions. I I suppose is one convince me that Tarantino impacted this movie, and two. I don't convince me that this person has any understanding because if I don't really see Tarantino in this movie, how does this person see only Tarantino? Well, I think you I think there are some Reservoir Dogs comparisons you could make here where it's a single location thing, a crime story taking place in this one spot. So you have a lot of episode. Yeah, but it's a lot of conversation, a lot of dialogue. James was talking yeah. about some of the dialogue moments where they have these little asides and stuff. And I don't think it's heavy handed. Like, I don't think it's in the way that, you know, when Tarantino kind of hit and then we saw these other filmmakers try to do that in the in the next five, ten years afterwards. I don't think it's as overt about it as that. But I, I think there's some some framework. So when stuff. I think of Tarantino, as far as. In regards to what this movie would be in, in Reservoir Dogs, I would think of like pop culture references. I would think of like yeah. certain types of dialogue. I, I guess I just didn't see it. I, maybe I'm being obtuse. Like I, I, I no. And again, I'm not. I don't. It's not in a really f- f- showy kind of way. But I think this person just, is being fucking ridiculous. Well, yeah, they're they're yeah. way over the top. Yeah, like. When I say, like, there's some Tarantino stuff, it, it's not saying that, like, it's anywhere close to Tarantino. It's just, it's it's something you don't see, I feel, in newer movies where they're having a conversation to move the plot along. And then all of a sudden, wait, right. we're they, gonna talk about this talk other about, thing. They talk about something that's not that that's has nothing to do. So that's just my life with like with the like ADHD, <laughs> which is just like, oh, we're oh we're all talking about this. All of a sudden, oh yeah, that reminds me. <laughs> that reminds me of like this thing I learned about geese. <laughs> yeah, but like so Tarantino, like Reservoir Dogs, the whole thing, like at the beginning, like everybody put in a dollar for the tip, and then he's right. like, I don't tip. And, and then they go on a whole their, aside of... Right, it's just there because it's fun to talk it's about. it's fun. Um, and yeah, and there are a couple moments, a few in this movie well, like that. They're smaller, but Gerard Butler says something like, you push hard. I forget what he says. Yeah, yeah, he has like a, a quote that he says, and she's like, I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. Yeah. <laughs> he has to like explain it. He's like, never mind. <laughs> that doesn't sound as good. There's little things like that throughout. No, it, and that's great. I just, I, I, I suppose it's just that like, I didn't quite get it when... I, I go, when you guys were talking about it, I get it a bit more now. Um, maybe I'm just being obtuse. Uh, but this, 
opening to this review is just like I this person is out of their fucking mind. Yeah, I mean because this is not a no, it's not. I don't think I would not call it like a Tarantino ripoff by any means. But, no, because like I remember Tarantino ripoffs. Oh yeah, there was a lot of them. Okay, like we lived, Dustin, we yeah. lived through the Tarantino ripoff the era. Yeah, era. So James, this you, is what's cool now. You, All right, you were there too. Well, what's the best Tarantino ripoff? The best? I mean, probably the early Guy Ritchie stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Snatch, Lockstock, those ones. Those are Tarantino ripoffs. I mean, they're heavily influenced. Actually, by them, Boondock Saints too. Yeah, Bo- <laughs> I mean, Boondock Saints Boondock, was part of that whole yeah. thing. There was season. tons of them though. It was like Love in a Forty Five, and there was a million of these movies that oh, came yeah. out at that time. Right. Uh, even all the way up into like the mid two thousands, where you were getting stuff like Lucky Number Eleven or like all this. Oh stuff. yeah, Holy yeah. Shit, did that movie fucking suck? <laughs> that movie did suck. That's and Smoking the- Aces was was. Sm- part of that I mean it was already evolved a couple steps by the time we got there but like it was coming out of that yeah but pipeline. now you're talking like 12 12 13, 14 years later like yeah like yeah it's like all the Kevin Smith knockoffs that happened after it's everything I tried to write when I was a teenager <laughs> mm-hmm. like it's it's like the it's like the short films that we made right like it, it I was just a Kevin Smith knockoff Right. I mean, everyone, when they start making something, they they ape their influences. And then as they go, the further along they get, they develop their own voice. Right. I know, but everybody know. does that. Right. Like everyone. Uh, assuming that you actually get good at what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But like even Tarantino did that. Tarantino stole literally everything. I know. <laughs> everything he did. He literally stole titles of movies. <laughs> like... Like he and he just went up to everybody, and when he just was like, did like a whole bunch of coke, well, that's, and then just that's told a, everybody, he's like, I stole this movie. But that's what's interesting about him because he he takes direct scenes and moments, and yeah, even titles from other things that he's seen, and he puts them in his movie. But then he does it in his own weird way, right? right. So, which is great. And and the thing is, like, I love Tarantino. Like everybody who talks shit about him, I don't. He's like, I liked I, Lady Snowblood, so I'm going to make Kill Bill. Yeah. But then it's not, you know, it's not the same movie, even if it has and all these yeah. same the ideas in it. I am going to line up for a Tarantino movie before I line up for almost anybody else. Like, because I know exactly what I'm getting. He's giving me exactly what I want. Yeah. It, almost in a way like this movie is. Like, this movie is giving me absolute nostalgia. It's giving me nostalgia with, like, a... Even just Modern, nostalgia for a period uh, of time when we got more movies like this. Exactly. It's nostalgia <laughs> yeah. with a, a slight modern slant on it. So now I'm understanding a bit more about why it's Tarantino. But like, he, yeah, like. I, it, it's like um, I listened to an interview with the band and I can't remember what band it is, but. Horse I, the band? I remember. <laughs> I was listening to Horse the Band yesterday. I did like a few weeks ago. <laughs> I was listening to Horse the Band yesterday. Uh, what was the other band? Ah, fuck it. Uh, I just remember, you know, when you're younger and you think like, oh, like you like that band? Like, oh, I fucking hate you. <laughs> like you're a loser or whatever. Like, we, how, are not, we are not the same. Yeah. How, you know, <laughs> how pathetic are you? Right. Um, but it's interesting because I listened to this interview with this band and they're like, you know, we have fans that come out and they want to listen to us, but then we have 
a band that opens for us and they're like uh they're a band that influenced us and our fans are booing them (laughs) and it's like we're all influenced by other bands so it's like if you say oh no that band's awesome but that band sucks meanwhile the band you like took a lot of their sound from that band (laughs) Mm -hmm. like it's so it's because everybody steals Everybody steals. Because everybody steals. Uh, you have to start somewhere. You and you, yeah. Uh, like, what is it? Uh, good artists replicate. Great artists steal. Something like that is the quote. But uh, Patton Oswalt has like a great bit about this, about how when he was younger, he hated. Like, if you said you liked a certain band, mm-hmm. he'd be like, "You're a fucking idiot," <laughs> right? And he's gonna, he's gonna ridicule you and mock you. Yeah, yeah. And I, feel I like knew a bunch of people like the that. Richer. Are you looking at me and Dustin? <laughs> no, no, I. But like, maybe. I, I am. <laughs> I'm at that age in my life, and I have been for like a couple like years. Like I'd say, yeah. like maybe seven years. Where I'm like seven point five, <laughs> seven wait whatever I just said a number. I, but where I'm like, I'm like, I, oh that's great, like that's super cool. You're still you, a loser, but no, uh, I don't even. <laughs> if you like, if you like something, that's awesome. You like bare naked ladies, fucking cool. Oh that's great, but have, just you can't like Nickelback. Have fun. if you. <laughs> Well, Didn't you tell I'm us sorry. about getting an argument with some kid that likes Aerosmith? That you're <laughs> yeah. Probably. But it's just like, <laughs> part of that is just fun to... You fucking loser? Like, how old are you? Aerosmith? Um, God damn it. What I'm trying to say is... is Grandpa like, Rock? Like, <laughs> and, and I'm trying to get more to that point of just being like, oh man, I'm not trying to yuck your yum. Just like, like what you like. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Um... I listened to like old. Have you listened to like music you like when you were like twenty, and been like, ah. Oh yeah, there's tons of cringy shit. There's still Yikes. stuff I enjoy too, and it doesn't even. Sometimes it doesn't even matter. Like I can I can listen to it and be like, yeah, this is totally cringe, and I still still it's like it because I liked it. Still pops. There is yeah. so much stuff that I listen to, and I'm like, man, this music is bumping. These lyrics are problematic. Oh really? I don't pay attention to lyrics. <laughs> You just go for the beat. Just go for. <laughs> go for the beat. Dustin, Dustin, yeah. All, all Dustin cares about is the fucking drop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Skrillex. Shit. Let's rate this movie, guys. John, you want? It was your movie. You want to go first or last? Yeah. Uh, uh, overall, I gave this movie. Uh, sorry, I, I gave this movie an eight. Overall, I gave it a seven point two. I think. Yeah. There's no surprises here. We all gave these exact <laughs> same gave, ratings. Yeah. At seven, 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 and then eight. And we all end up with 7.2. So overall, 7.2. So That's actually pretty high, I think, won't it? Because we're so stingy normally. Yeah, that's pretty high. So that's a tie with number 42, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Wow. And Baby Driver. Baby Driver, yeah. Yeah, my gut says it has to go behind both of those. Mm-hmm. I think I'd put it in the in the middle. I think I, I think I would take it over Baby Driver. Uh, Wait, isn't Baby Driver above Ghost Protocol? No, 
It's behind. It's oh. behind Ghost Protocol. Yeah, I'd put this behind Ghost Protocol. I had a baby driver, I think. Right, I mean, James. that's how I'm feeling right now. It, this is the kind of movie that the first time you watch it, you're, I was quite taken with it. Who knows, you know, down the road. Uh, this is the kind of movie also that I would love to catch on TV. Yeah, like a few years from now and see if it's uh, yeah, as good. It's never going to be on TV, <laughs> but I would love to just like pop it in. You know what I mean? I do like in Baby Driver... John Hamm. Oh yeah, he's fun. Yeah, I like Baby Driver. I yeah, just, I love Baby Driver. There's some weird things about Baby Driver, but there's some things that I do not like. Is it Baby is Driver. it the guy, the the actor in it? What's his name? Oh no, uh, Ansel something. Ang- Angle yeah, something? that's the problematic <laughs> one. <laughs> no, that's he's not dumb. The you dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's fine. I, I I don't know. There was like the whole the way they treated the relationship with him and the woman, and it was kind of weird. <laughs> John, you know who I'm talking about, right? I'm not saying it. Ke- oh. Kevin Spacey? Yeah. <laughs> remember no, that's, Kevin that, that doesn't Spacey? affect me remember liking he, or like. Remember when he movie. fucked kids? <laughs> Jesus. Allegedly, right? Alleg- <laughs> allegedly. Um, well, Dustin's screaming allegedly. James, this is your you're coming. It's coming down to you here. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Originally, I thought behind both of them, but my heart's saying in the middle. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, whether yeah, like years from now, whether I I'm gonna like it as much, I feel like I I will actually. But you know what would be really fun? I think that one day. <laughs> We should just go through the list and just completely rearrange it. How dare, no rewatch. How dare you no rewatch. Such sacrilege. Just be like, that's the worst way to do it. Let's just go crazy. Bloodsport's going to like number ten. <laughs> Bloodsport's going to eleven. Bloodsport will <laughs> never be in the top ten. Uh, uh-huh. The uh, what is it? The uh, it's not fairy scene. The trolley scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll the, never the allow. The Mentos commercial. We'll never. Yeah, it's one of the uh, most fun parts of the movie. What are we talking about? All right, so that's uh, new number forty-three. Wow, high. guys, pretty that's awesome. that's pretty high. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please check us out on Patreon, uh, Action Action Podcast, and we will see you next week.